Welcome to the One Speed MMA Podcast with yours truly, Carson Wood. And Flying Smitty. Or just Justin Smith. It's fine. Well, <laughs> now, that, now we have to rebrand ourselves and everybody knows you as Flying Smitty this whole time. Nobody knows me as anything. You can call me anything as long as it's not late for, for dinner. dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's on his way to being a grandpa. Yeah, dad jokes. Dad jokes. All right, so uh, lots going on this week. But you, the, the first thing, what, what? gonna say you've been you've been harsh on me um, off the uh, off the air for not watching as much MMA yeah. as I've been. Yeah, I, I have been harshing you. So I watch plenty of MMA. Thank you. Every time I ask Carson if he saw the card this weekend, he says no. I've been too busy watching Tough Five. <laughs> so well, first off, this was a weird timed card. I got soccer. Tell me about I forgot. It, I forgot about it. I'll I'll get it recorded though. I'll find it. Mind you, it's on. I it's been, on Pipe Pass. Oh, is it already? It Boom, was there it, it, is. it was a, a fight cat a fight pass exclusive. I still didn't know how long it would be till it was on it, and I guess I actually did think thought I did think it was a Fox one. But regardless, yeah, I can watch it. UFC SLC is finally on there. Finally, uh, yeah, I wouldn't watch it, <laughs> but it's there. I'm glad. I kind of want to see. The I kind of want to watch it with the Joe Rogan uh, commentary. It was Ryan Stan though, and no, no, with the fight companion. Oh, they watched it with the fight. Mm-hmm. Hamburg or SLC? They did both. Oh, they did. Um, but uh, oh, I could only imagine the Morose fight and how terrible they were. Like, all right, well, no one's fighting. I wonder if they even talked about it. But I have been watching Should've Tough it. Tough Five. Yeah, um, tell me about it. Andrew telling, Wang. Yeah, you were telling me that Andy Wang was an internet meme. <laughs> Andy Wang is an internet meme. Which part? Um, so if you remember correctly, he's a BJJ guy, right? In the he's fight. a black belt. Yeah, he decided. So I found this out from Reddit once again. Not, nothing ever comes from us. It always comes from Reddit first. Um, so it is the fountain of knowledge. Yes. So Reddit decides to post um, the Andy Wang meme for some reason, random reason, because I think they're talking about either BJ Fan in Manila or Nate Diaz, whatever it mm-hmm. is. So what it says is Andy Wang is a warrior. And so where this stems from, thanks to Reddit explaining it to me and showing me the clip, is he's a BJJ guy and he decides that he is going to stand and strike and the entire fight BJ Penn is yelling take it to the ground take it to the ground take it to the ground and apparently just yells it the entire time and afterwards Andy Wayne goes to the locker room bawling bawling well he doesn't just immediately go to the locker room though he does just sit in a a corner of the octagon and and just crying with a towel over his head that one too yeah really weird like though yeah and so they talk about that and then they said that someone walks into the locker room and all of a sudden he goes from crying to like just fine and he's like, Andy, it's all right. Andy Wang is a warrior. I thought that was in his interview that he said that. It, it, was, it, it is in his interview. He does. That he says that. So he, but yeah. it's like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the yeah. worst crying. It's it's like it's like Farah off of Teen Mom, like that level of <laughs> awful crying that you just don't ever want to see. Um, I'm, I've never seen it. So you I never watched Teen Mom? No, man. you gotta watch season one of that. I too. didn't. I never watched Teen Mom. You gotta. I was gonna say tough. Five teen mom. I don't, know, <laughs> teen, I don't know if an acronym teen. I could do with teen UF. That's what I was trying to do. In my it didn't work. Anyways, tough mom. You you got to watch Tough Mom season five. Yeah, the reboot. Um, the reboot. And the uh, reboot. That, that's what they keep doing on that is just rebooting season one because the other ones flop so bad. Anyways, um, why don't they just continue to show season one? Because they, they don't. The girls don't want to keep doing it and stuff. No, but I don't mean the same girls. Just literally just play season one over they and do. over and over again. MTV2 has it a lot, but <laughs> they uh, but the MTV wants new content, and they also want, you know, but they can't get it out of They want more people. teenage girls. Anyway, and they're, they're sick of, you know, <laughs> girls trying to get pregnant to be on it. Yeah. So they stopped. But um, That makes sense. So the one thing that I did, I didn't realize, because I don't think I ever watched Tough Five. Um, so Andy Wang's kind of a good example of this, because... Being a, being a wing. Like two weeks later. I don't even think he was being that big I of a wing. But people think that, though. And I don't really think he was. As far as, like, they show, and there might have been more that happened behind the scenes. Um, so, like, two weeks after his fight, BJ just walks in the room after getting berated by Dana, being like, hey, you got to turn this team around because they were 0 and whatever. I think 0 and 5 at the time. And so he just walks in. He's got a team full of douchebags, and Andy Wang's a good guy. And he's just like, Wang, you're off the team. <laughs> And Wang's like, wait, what? And so, and then Jens comes in and Dana's like, Jens, you want to take him? And Jens like, absolutely. And through the whole thing, you actually see how good of a guy Jens Pulver is. Little evil. 
a little evil. He's a good dude. I didn't really, I did notice now that he has two different colored eyes. Does he? Yeah, like this He's one's one of super those, black. What and do they blue. call it? My myopathy. Mm-hmm. Is that it? I don't know. I always like, wow. If I guess that right off the bat, I'm impressed with myself. Yeah, I don't know. I should because it's a diagnosis at my old job, but I don't. I think it's myopathy. Something like that, because yeah, I think I saw Criminal Minds about it. Did you like Jens Pulver? Because I don't really, I don't, I don't remember. I, I was gonna say the thing I don't really remember. I remember his name obviously, but I don't really remember him in like him as a personality. He was a he was a heel against Uriah Faber, and he had to play that because they were the only two at that time in that division in the WEC. So it was like until Brian Bowles came along and just crushed everybody, including Uriah Faber, and took Uriah Faber's soul to so he'd never win another belt. Um, it really was just Jens and, and Uri Faber fighting each other over and over and over again. And I always feel bad for him because he was like the the original UFC belt holder in that division as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just started losing. It, it was something like four to one against PJ. They had him as an underdog and he beat him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then his career after the WEC went completely downhill and he lost like Eight in a row or something like that. That sucks. Yeah, and so I, again, I, yeah, I, he seems like a really nice guy. I think he's got a podcast now, just like everybody else. I might check it out because he legitimately seems like a good guy. Like, because and, and we were you we were talking about the beginning of the show, right? Where BJ yeah, Penn even, tries to pick his team by allowing them to pick themselves, and which is yeah. So he's like, "Who wants to be on my team? I'm Team Penn." And then Pulver plays along with it. He's like, "Keep your hands up, separate, and we'll do this." And Dana was like, "No, you're not going to do that." And Jen's actually he benefits from it because he gets the better team in the long run. Yeah, he gets the Nate. He gets who's uh, the yellow right? Mm-hmm. And the yellow crushed BJ Penn's. Yeah, team. the only people they really had were dude Gamburian. I didn't know that he went to the final either. Yeah, he was pretty. Uh, he's been solid. I mean, he's always been a top contender in whatever weight class he's in. God, but he's, he's just a ball of fury. But he's man. like Gerard Musasi and freaking Talos Latus and Cote, where they're just there. You recognize them when they fight, but if they're not fighting, you don't. Remember that they're there. Tonight's the Gray Maynard fight versus uh, Nate Diaz. That's what I'm watching. The last one. I know Nate wins. Back but when Gray Maynard was still a force to be reckoned with. Uh, even in that, like... He's pretty cocky, though, in that season, if I remember correctly. Not really. He kind of really? keeps to himself. And he's actually a really good teammate, too. Where like I thought he kept talking about how he was extreme Kotor and how they were better than everyone else. No. And when Kotor comes in, he gets really giddy. When Randy comes in, he gets super giddy. Um, but he's always right there next to BJ, like trying to help his teammates, yelling, like trying to learn from BJ. And you can see the difference between him and the guys that don't make weight. I don't. I wouldn't. I didn't really take it as cocky. He's kind of keeps to himself. Nate kind of seems more cocky. I don't think he is, but he seems more cocky and, trying and he to got fight. To the, the part where Yara, yeah, he tries Car- to Carl Parisian. But Carl Parisian is a jerk. Yeah, he was being a dick. Yeah. It's more the Rob Emerson one where he tries to fight Rob Emerson because Rob that. Emerson wrote. Um, he actually was really good. He had a fight twice, and he had two really tough matchups where he fought Nate and then um, the big guy that I mentioned last week that's 6'4". His no. name is Cody Hill. And he had to fight both of them, if I remember right, and he, they're tough matchups. But So he wrote Literally. On, <laughs> it took me a minute. I was like, what are you talking about? So anyways, they get a marker. They write, Team Pulver sucks. And Nate comes in after practice, and somebody tells him, and he takes that personal, obviously. Because he's a DS. Yeah. And so he takes starts, his sh- starts flexing on him. Yeah. And he takes his shirt off and starts staring him down. But so Because you can't take anyone serious unless they take their shirt off. That's when you know it's about to go down. Yeah. Well, and Because it makes it worse, though, because they have to rip the the, the necklaces off, oh, too. Yeah, and yeah, get the, jewelry. So they're, like, sitting there, like, yanking on it all the time. <laughs> um, so going back to the one thing that I found interesting is even to, like, the end, he was the champion, and nobody wanted to be on, um, wanted to be on uh, Jens Pulver's team. Wait, Jens Pulver was the champion at that time? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I mean, he might have. I don't think so, but he may have been. I think it was after the fact, because I think that was back in the weird days of the UFC when everyone was changing belts and leaving in different divisions, and he might have not had it. And that's when Lozon beat him when he was on his way back up. That may have been, but it. I'm pretty sure he had the belt. You're Maybe he's not. He wasn't carrying it around. In all yeah. honesty, I actually haven't looked that much into it. I just know that he beat BJ and was a huge underdog. And that, yeah, and that's why they were supposed to fight again because I know that he beat him. But this, they, they tried to build it off <clears> of that. But Jens Pulver, as far as I remember, because I remember when that one was like first put on TV, I didn't know who Jens Pulver was. Okay. And if I knew who BJ Penn was, but I was like, who's this Jens Pulver guy? And I knew that they were trying to build a rivalry out of something from the past. And it's 
It's interesting too, though. The, the The reason why I was kind of bringing this up is because I think it's very similar to Tough Twenty Four in the sense that um, people don't want to be on Cejudo's team. Yes, which is weird to me. I get it. Benavides is a long-standing guy, but Cejudo is an Olympic gold medalist. He's ten and one. He's lost to one person. Um, he's twenty-four. You know, he's young. He's at a, and people don't like him. People don't like him because he doesn't. They they think he doesn't understand MMA striking and he doesn't understand MMA as well as as I think Benavides. I think he'd tell you he doesn't, but he brings in people for it. Yeah, um, well, and that's exactly. I mean. That's like anybody where they bring in the, the, their striking coaches and different things like that. And I agree with that argument 100%. Like and you they look, bring in the team to that helps with their weaknesses. And so you actually look at the kid that he brings in um, that's ranked 16th. I think it was 1 versus 16 right Moreno, off the bat. Brandon Moreno. What did he specialize in? He was technically down in, in Arizona. He won a lot by BJJ, but he was more of a striker. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's like obviously, and he's Cejudo's training partner. Yep. Um, so, I mean, obviously, there's there's some striking coach there that's pretty good. And he looked great against the number one guy. He looked really good. He was really good. Co- like, you obviously see the, the experience gap and just the talent gap right now because he's young. He's like 22. Yep. He's the youngest one in the house. Mm-hmm. But he, he fought a good, he could have won that if he wouldn't have got caught. I, well, and that, I mean, like we talk about, that's experience, changing up your game plan in order to, to stifle the other person. And I think that was the the big one. Um, however, yeah, it was really interesting to me that one how open everybody was. I think there was probably a question they probably asked him a leading question like, "Hey, when you were first picked by Henry Cejudo, what did you think?" And they were probably like, "Well, at first, I didn't really want to be on his team, and then after that, it worked out really well." Um, the way that they answered it wasn't just like they were giving that information like. Hey, just so you guys know, I'm on camera. I didn't necessarily want to be on this team. I'm pretty well, sure some of them before though they were like, "I really would. I love. I would. I, I'm loving the opportunity to work with Benavides." And then some of them go the well, other way. You, you got to remember, Tim Elliott lost to Joseph Benavides in in the UFC. He actually went three and two, I believe, in the UFC. Tim Elliott did, and then got booted. And the rumor is, is that he actually wins the season. Um, and then, of course, Demacio Page, who's been in the WEC and a whole bunch of other places. A lot of those guys have fought. And a lot of UFC fighters actually want to train with people that have beat them in the past because that's one of the ways they can get better. Just like when uh, Gustafson lost to Phil Davis, he went and trained with him. Um, and there's some other ones, usually wrestlers, where the striker loses to the wrestler and then they actually go train. Mm-hmm. Someone went and trained with Chel Sonnen as well after they lost to him, I believe. Or vice versa. Chel Sonnen went and trained with someone else after he had lost. Um, I know that he trained with... Uh, Okami. Okami. But they're both wrestlers. I think it might have been a BJJ guy. Mm. But I think the season's great. The Moreno fight was a really fun one to watch, especially because it was one in 16. And that French kid, um, that Alaskan... Which French guy? Uh, the one that won, Kai. He wasn't in that one. He. They had two fights in the first episode. I know, but I thought it was Terrence Mitchell from Alaska, yeah. and then wasn't it? I thought it was Alexandre Pantoja. He was in the first fight. That was the first fight, and then there was versus Mitchell, Mitchell versus Kai Kai Kara, Kai Kara France, that guy from New Zealand, right? Yeah, he uh, Australia, the, but yes. Oh yeah, sorry. Oh man, sorry. I just Australia, wanted to let you know. I just, yeah, they get they get upset about that. Yeah, they do kiwis, um, kiwis, and drop kicks. He looked good. Yeah, his striking was, but no offense to Alaska. I don't think that they have the depth as as much as like the Titan FC and he tried to make the the, the statement that they did though before did you, he was talking about like all the guys that they had go up there which he's probably but right they went but. up there and fought way back in the past and well I mean it's anything we would be super stoked to see someone from Stillfist go up and fight and mm-hmm. and we saw the guy from RFA you know win and they came in RFA did RFA versus Stillfist and but I think we would know if someone with a steel fist belt like Jordan, you know, they, they he did go into the Ultimate Fighter House when he had the belt, but they didn't, you know, pitch him as a champion. I think a lot of those guys, most UF, most tough fighters, I think, have a belt in in their yeah, right, right, right. local. It's just not a, a televised, bigger, you know. Uh, I I really like. I think it's actually great on the marketing side. I actually really like the imagery of it, and I don't champions. I don't think that it's on the wall and all that. And when they're holding them too side by side, I don't really think that's getting as much play as it deserves. And maybe it is because you know we as MMA fans are the only ones that care, and we're also not impressed by local belts. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently, the ratings were awful, and which I guess makes sense for the one twenty fivers. But I mean, for me, I like the imagery of it. I like 
what they're fighting for. And this is the first time in a long time I actually think these guys could challenge for the belt. They're not going to beat Demetrius Johnson. but The only irritation that I think I have with all of this is if someone who already has fought in the UFC and then been booted from the UFC comes back to get a shot at Demetrius Johnson. You don't like that? Well, Tim Elliott supposedly is, is going to win. Um, it's supposedly he's not late, ranked number one, but Dana White hasn't come through. He's not, but that's what it's it. it that's what the hubbub is on Twitter. It's supposedly leaked that he's going to oh, come out oh, and that oh. he won. Okay. Um, put money on it. Yeah, but Dana White hasn't come out. Apparently, there was another tough, like tough four, where it came out, and Dana White came out and was really irritated, and he hasn't said anything about this one, um, which means he might just have learned from the last one not to say anything and play it off, or that he doesn't actually win. Um, you know, the other thing that I like about this one in particular this season is the representation from everywhere. Mm. You see you see Asian, you see African, you see two Australians. Um, you've and, got different rep- portions of the U.S. represented, Brazil, Mexico. Mm-hmm. I, I Maybe there's not enough um, on the European side. There really isn't. Um, I mean, but, I mean, Bama, I'm sure that they probably went after the Bama champion. And Bama was like, no, thank you. And the, the other thing that they don't get into, and I would guess is happening, is I'm guessing that all of these guys are getting some kind of stipend because all of these guys are probably professional fighters that don't have other jobs. So just like when the women came in from Invicta, I'm sure that they've paid. And or they had to pay the promotion to buy them out of their contract. I was wondering what you what you thought about that too. And I'm, I'm sure we could find it probably somewhere if we dug deep enough. But there has to be... Some kind of stipulation. I feel like part of it is you have to. I, I'm, I'm actually, I guess, surprised more that they haven't said the names of the other promotions as enough and as much because this is actually, if you look at it, this actually kind of seems like a step into the cross promotion. Um, we, we always talk about. I never thought about it like that, but that's a good point. Bringing them into the fold as well for the fight pass, and some of them are already, um, but bringing more of them under the fold for fight pass and creating more of a library that way that can be accessed and trying to get people excited for these lower cards, I think. And so they're under the UFC umbrella. The UFC is trying, but they're still, they're not part of the overall monopoly of the UFC. They're still their own separate entities, but they're under the umbrella of the UFC. That's what I kind of, that's what I think the UFC is doing on this more than anything. But yeah, no, that's, I didn't, I, I had not thought about it like that until you had just mentioned it, but it is, I mean, obviously they didn't go to WSOF and they didn't go to Bellator but it is a, a good way to get some of the other ones, and of course they still. I mean, do they even have divisions for that though? At those in, in those promotions, I don't flyweight. I don't think I they believe would. that they do. I don't know, but it's interesting. Without delving into that, because I really don't know off the top of my head, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting to me that they. I think that they do have a good relationship with a lot of these promotions, due to the fact that a lot of these promotions feed into the UFC and they know that they're going to feed into the UFC and they actually post about them getting signed. So like RFA, Titan FC, a lot of those guys, like when Bilal, I think Muhammad signed with the UFC, Titan FC actually came out and was like, congratulations to Bilal Muhammad for signing with the UFC. Um, So it's a little bit different where Scott Coker and those kind of guys, it seems more like a competition. A lot of these places know that they're feeder leagues for the UFC, and they're going to get more people on their promotions, and they're going to be able to promote themselves better knowing that they are a feeder league into the UFC. Right, and you also, I, I would assume the UFC would be moving it the other way as well. Like, they would be help, they would help do promotions and things like that and it possibly would, put it on Fight Pass. It would make sense to do AAA. I mean, okay, cool, well, this guy's lost two in the UFC. Let's send him back over to RFA. Well, and, and think about his, it. Think about it in the long term for the UFC, what they're trying to do with Fight Pass. And this is why I think that the $4 billion price tag was so big after Fight Pass. I don't think everybody's really seeing the potential of Fight Pass. Essentially, what they're creating is the Netflix for fighting. Yeah. So it's not good if you don't have enough content, but they have the old Pride ones. If they can start essentially making it like a full comprehensive package, they've got multiple live promotions going on at once, and you can watch them anywhere. Um, so yeah. now they're putting they're putting it on, and they can actually start commercializing it and throwing commercials on it, even with a subscription, you know, like a Hulu. Well, and the, the the great part about this as well is when you think about promotion. One tweet from the UFC on Fight Pass saying that they're showing Eddie Bravo or the RFA fights or Titan FC or Victory FC or whatever is going to be on that weekend is going to hit millions of Twitter feeds. So in and of itself. Just having signed a contract with the UFC has broadened their viewership based on not only having, you know, 
X amount of Fight Pass viewers, but also the UFC brass pushing on their Twitter and their Facebook page and whatever else, the, uh, the upcoming fights. The other thing that I think it does huh. is it kind of gets the UFC uh, a better understanding when they are pushed, if they do go that route, pushing these promotions on Fight Pass, because um, I think Fight Pass is going to be treated more like an actual channel. Um, so, like, they push it on there, and they can actually gauge how well they're going to do if they brought a full card there. Plus, it helps with all of the people that watch Fight Pass Friday nights or Thursday nights when the other cards are, and when those people do come to the UFC, they have a better idea of who they are. I'm also thinking they'd probably do something like, one, if you can watch on your, you know, you can watch your local promotion without paying, you know how much it costs to go to one of those local Mm -hmm. promotions, still like $40. You can watch it on your Fight Pass card and catch it, and you don't have to go. Or, you know what we can do? You're a Fight Pass member, you can come to the show for half off, something stupid like that. But, um, I mean, that's enough on We definitely didn't mean to talk about that that much. Um, but it makes sense. I mean, getting into in-depth about why there is cross-promotion on Tough 24, how it all worked out, we're sure that there's probably an article somewhere, and if there is, and if you listen to this, tweet it out to us so we can read it. Um, but no, I, I think that's a, a brilliant conversation to be had about that. Speaking of Fight Pass, once again, UFC Hamburg was on was on Fight Pass this weekend, both the, the prelims. There's nothing on the prelims that sticks out. I'd rather talk more about 203, I think. I want um, to talk about Bader, though. Let's talk about Because I haven't seen that since Jose Aldo versus Chad Mendez. Uh, that 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 was worse, too, though. I've never seen someone throw their arms back like that. Well, and like It almost looked like it was television faked. Like, bleh. Well, and he... Well, you remember the Chad Mendez one. He was like that. His oh, hands not. went up like pretty much immediately, too. Oh, the I weird just thing with him going down. The weird thing with Latifi, though, is... Like, he almost seems like he, out of instinct, he does try to throw a punch on the ground. You look at him, his head's cocked back, and he throws this arm still. And I don't know if that's part of the, the reaction, but then he's clearly just completely out in a scary way. But great job, Bader. Great job, Bader. It you was think a that's... beautiful fight. I mean, it looked pretty evenly matched until Bader landed that knee and it was donezo. You think that's Gustafson for him next? Me and Todd were talking about this. I feel bad for him if it is because, well, I mean, Gustafson didn't look good. Gustafson looked good in his takedown, but he was beating, getting beat by Blockowitz, Jan, Blockowitz. Anyway, he was he was getting beat on the feet, and he had to take it down in order to win that fight. But what's the only thing that Bader loses to since strikers? Pretty much just elite strikers. Gustafson's a better striker than Bader, but Bader if but. Gustafson loses to wrestlers. He lost to DC. He lost to Anthony Johnson, not from wrestling, but then he lost to Phil Davis as well. So Ryan Bader could beat Gustafson if he just takes him down. However, that was also what was said against Anthony Johnson, and then Anthony Johnson starched him when he tried to take him down with like a single leg. Well, and that's the thing is, it's like Bader's not as good as Phil. Phil Davis. Phil no. Davis. He's not. And then he's a better striker than Phil Davis. But he doesn't. Bader only loses. Really, to elite strikers, I can agree with that. Like, think of the people he's lost to: John Jones, Anthony Johnson, Anthony Johnson, Glover Teixeira, Tito Ortiz. That's the only one he's lost to that's a wrestler. <laughs> but Tito Ortiz clipped him, right? And then he got him in a submission. I'm pretty sure that that was worked out. They were like Ryan Bader, we will give you some tin cans if you oh, just I lose to Tito Ortiz. I don't think it could be, man. Oh no way! He's a they, he's a wrestler, different mentality. Have you watched the Dana? They had this on Reddit too. The Dana White. Um, Chuck Liddell reaction in that fight. Uh, yeah, they, it seemed pretty legit. Yeah, because yeah. no one thought Tito Ortiz was ever going to win that fight. Tito Ortiz didn't think he was going to win that fight. No, did you see how quickly he did his like dig and stone? And, and he was basically in tears. Yeah, he didn't think he was going to win that fight. Joe Silva's gone. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I just bet. I, we didn't talk about bringing that up during this, but I did want to ask you about that. I'm really broken up about that. Apparently, Joe Silva was like the biggest dick in the entire world. But apparently the management always wanted to work with him because he was the easiest one to actually work with. And There's no way he's the biggest dick. Look how everybody reacts to him when they're done with their fights. Look how he congratulates everybody and how they go over to him. I give it... You know those people that really have nothing and don't think that they're going to amount to anything and then all of a sudden are given a, a placement of like absolute power? That's Joe Silva. He worked in an arcade or like a video game store. Tito Ortiz was like, hey man... This guy knows more about fighting than anyone I've ever met. I don't even know. Maybe they just, he was like, hey, you're Tito Ortiz. Let's talk about fighting. They hire him on. He starts matchmaking for them. And then, boom, that's the end of it. Like, he all of a sudden is just in it. But the thing is, is 
I've heard a lot of stories about how Joe Silva thought he was the shit. And he thought he was better than everybody else. However, I've also heard stories that if you wanted to work with, like, uh, not Jeremy Botter. One of them was like, the thing is, the is, last conversation I had with him, he answered the phone and said, you're a piece of shit. Do you know that? And then they continued with the conversation. And apparently they broke news that they weren't supposed to or something weird happened. Um, but he was, yeah, I, he, he played into that weird Bob Boss mentality where everyone hated him but loved him. I don't know. I mean, I, I've never heard any of those stories, and they could very well be true. My only thing is is you need shitty people to make pretty much behind, like, Apple. Like, Steve Jobs was a shitty person, you know? Yeah. Like, and I don't know that. That's the, that's the rumors. And I think that that's he... That's what his book said, and that's what his movie said, and that's what, yeah. I just, I, I don't think UFC is where, obviously, it's not. It's Joe Silva is the unsung hero of that industry. There was one tweet when they got bought out that I put out, and I don't know if you ever saw it. I said, take our Dana, take our, our um, Fertitas, but don't take our Joe Silva. Or I said something like, um, they can take all of those, but remember, we still got Joe Joe Silva. And then he was the first one to leave. Yeah. The first one to get booted, really. It's I don't been, think he got booted. I think he, he got he paid out, away. and I think he walked away. Supposedly he made seven figures. Mm-hmm. If, yeah, no, I mean... He was he was a great matchmaker, and they joke about how Michael Bisbing, Dan Henderson was the last last fu before he walked away. <laughs> like I can do whatever I want. I'm Joe Silva. Here's this in peace. I'm out of here. Mic drop. But I'm really interested to see the direction of the the matchmaking now, based on new management having them probably hire somebody on. I'm worried because he was so anti boxing in that he, the, he. So I think it was Chell Sonnen that talked about this when he gave his big long spiel. Um, so they're all about protecting records and things like that. Yeah, having a 40 yeah. versus 40 record. Um, and then putting those two guys against each other to see what, and UFC is different. Mm-hmm. We fight these guys early on. They have to build their every, way up. And everybody's fine with having losses on their records. It's not that big of a deal. I think that's the way it goes, especially with mm-hmm. the prize fighting that's going on right now. It's all prize fighting, but I mean, um, yeah. and I just, I just, I feel like it's going that way and I'm not excited for it. I don't, you can't do that with the UFC because eventually, because if you build people that are touted only because they're like our, the joke that we had when Gavin was on here, if you lose, you're out. That's kind of the, the prize fighting mentality of like, unless you're undefeated, then you don't matter. So it basically being like, Oh, you're 40 and one. Now you don't matter anymore. And you can't, I mean, until you, and we always discuss until you have your first loss in MMA, you're not really an MMA fighter. Right. We I mean, obviously, that. you're an MMA fighter. I'm giving air quotes here. Um, but you know what I mean. Like, you can't better yourself as an MMA fighter until you have your first loss. And we understand that. And I think real boxing people would probably say something similar for their sport. But it's easier However, to sell $30 million a, right, worth of promotion. Buys. Promotion is different than, than, you know, like the heart of the sport. Be- because it's not believable that someone's going to beat Mayweather unless they're undefeated. You know what I mean? It's hard to sell someone with five losses that's going to come in and, and fight a Mayweather who's undefeated and has been his entire career. Whereas if you have someone like a Manny Pacquiao who's also undefeated, even though he lost to Bradley, yeah, I don't think whatever. he was undefeated, but yeah, or hadn't lost in X I amount of know. years, it's a much easier to sell as a thirty million dollar fight than someone that they they bring in off the street. Just like Creed, you know, he mm-hmm. was Creed's son. Yeah, and it's he, you know once that name got out there, he was and he was undefeated. No, he's not. He was undefeated because he'd only had like three fights. He was like three zero. And that's right. But yeah. he, yeah, but yeah. But he come on, it. man. I can't remember. It was a long time ago that I saw it. I just, I feel like because, and that's what Joe represented. He's the heart. He is what, like, we kind of bought into the sport. He was there since '95, you know, and we we bought into what he brought to the sport many years yep. later. We like that you lose. I like that Conor McGregor lost and came back. Um. And I think they're going to take that out. Speaking of losing, what in the world is going to happen at 205? Gustafson lost to Johnson. Beta lost to Johnson. So it makes sense kind of that they fight. Teixeira lost to Johnson. Teixeira lost to Gustafson as well. Teixeira. Beat Bader. DC's beat all of them. What do you do with that division? I think it's got to be Bader Gustafson. If Jones come back, it's it's Jones-Johnson. Um, if we can get that, I would be super happy. But Even I mean, what do you do with Jones is Johnson that caused all the issues to begin with? 
(laughs) (laughs) What do you want to see? I think Gustafson Bader makes a ton of sense, especially both of them coming off a win. I think that's awesome. Uh, I think Johnson versus DC again. I think that's the fight to make, especially since he starched Teixeira. Teixeira could fight uh, Latifi, but really that doesn't make a ton of sense either. But, I mean, they are both coming off of losses, so you can throw it in there. Uh, The 205, man, they need some new fighters. They need some new blood. And Dana even knows it. I mean, that we just barely got that, though. I mean, with who? When Jones finally left, like it freed up Cormier. Like, think of if Jones was still around. New blood. It's still the same five fighters. But I don't think so. I think we're still waiting to see itself play itself out. It's not the Couture, Rashad, right? You know, I'm not saying we don't need new blood. uh, I think we're just having short memory. We're not. We're having short memory loss of. This this division was all but wrapped up with John Jones, and we didn't know what we were going to do with it. But let's talk before John Jones. The no, no, I get it. You're right. Hua, there was Adele, Rashad, Couture. There was I a mean, lot. You're right. I'm not saying Tiago Silva, uh, the crazy guy that pulled the gun on his family. Paul Harris could have probably fought there. The little fat 155er. <laughs> speaking of Tiago Silva, the crazy guy that almost shot his wife. Guess who he's training with? Hmm. Travis Brown. You trying to insinuate something? Oh, Reddit already did it. Reddit has insinuated all of it. Yeah. Anyway, we can move on from that. I so just a guy that I just think so it's thanks Reddit. So a guy that ne- wasn't necessarily convicted, he was accused by one person. So we don't know. We're yet. talking Travis Brown though, because Thiago Silva was like straight up. No, I know. Okay, but I, but at this point, so now I mean, regardless of what we found out, Travis Brown is guilty at this point. <laughs> Irregardless, Travis Brown is now at this point guilty because yeah. a girl accused him. I'm not saying he did or didn't do it, but I mean there were never any she charges. She recanted pretty quickly, so that's pretty shitty to do. Because now you know, because now Reddit, you now, know, now Reddit, you know, now Reddit. Well, well, people don't like Travis Brown because he's dating Ronda Rousey and, and training with Tavarian, and everyone hates Tavarian, 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 whatever I don't his, know name his name is. is. I mean that's that's neither here nor there. But the fact that it's just like Tiago Silva, oh. They both beat women. One of them pointed a gun at one. Like, it's just shitty for Travis. But he lost me a lot of money. So, yeah. Go straight to hell. A a lot of money being 100 bucks. For me, it's a lot. Yeah. I'm not rich. (laughs) You guys can start donating money to us if you want. Then that $100 can be a thousand. Tip a a podcaster. Um, (laughs) Screw tip a fighter. But no, I think you're having short memory loss as far as, like, this division was a lot more wrapped up before. The only fight that we could have made a few months ago. Was Jones, Jones and Johnson? Yeah, or we could have tried him Cormier again, but we, were we going to go through that whole? Yeah, we were. We were about to, and then it got postponed again. Mm. So I mean, there, we're at least being able to throw names around. It's not its heyday. It's not the Liddell, the Ortizes, the who was. What do you think's happening? You think people are n- not going to that weight because they can make one eighty or one one eighty five or why? Why do you think that the two hundred five divisions? Almost as shallow as the heavyweight division. It's not shallow. John Jones is dominant, and Cormier is just as dominant, just slightly lower than Jones. And it, well, so we've you have never four really, So it, it, it's basically in the same situation as the heavyweights. You have the top five that are really dominant, and then you have everyone else. No, it's even it's even worse than that because I mean you have top two. There's not there's not a clear cut number one at heavyweight. They've all lost to each other still. But that's what I just pointed out. Basically, other than DC. Exactly. That's what's happened with light heavyweight. No, well. this is more. This is more like Anderson Silva. There just happens to be two Anderson Silvas in one division. It's John yeah. Jones is Anderson Silva, and Cormier is Leota Machida. When I was, was going to say it's essentially like having GSP. It, it's like GSP and Anderson Silva in the same division. What? How? What the hell else are you going to do with that division? It's it's tough. Yeah, it's tough because he is. Cormier is as good as that. He could have easily dominated that division and is, but he could have done it for a lot longer if John Jones didn't exist. And, you know, it's like he, he's that good, in my opinion. Another reason to like DC, which we both do, but a lot of people don't for whatever reason. I don't like him commentating. I love him fighting. I don't I can understand that. So apparently someone, he was doing an uh, AMA, which is stands for Ask Me Anything for those that don't go on Reddit. But he, he, I think it was a Q&A on his Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And someone asked him who he thought was the best lightweight right now. Said John Jones. And he said John Jones. Because he beat him and he hadn't been beat. 
he's not a liar. Like he, and that's a good thing is he, you can see he's a true competitor. Everything that he does, he just wants to compete. He wants to be the best. Um, but he's not going to lie and be like, oh yeah, it's Gustafson when he actually like it's like we know who it is. It's John Jones, and he also doesn't take uh, he doesn't use it to take a shot at him either. He's not like, well, if someone could keep something, something, or someone could do this, or someone could get their act right. It's like, do you remember when Chel Sonnen fought um, John Jones? Do you remember yes. what happened? Where John Jones could have hurt his toe. He pulled it off, essentially. Yeah. And they're like, they almost had to stop the fight. Can you, you imagine won. being the champion at 205? And he's like, come on, guys. We yeah. all saw the fight. <laughs> when we walked out of there, regardless of what happened with his toe, who was who won that fight? And it's like... Real competitors, you know who they are because mm. it's like it's like McGregor too. He didn't make excuses for, like initially he didn't. He started to sell the fight pretty quickly after the Diaz. I keep bringing up McGregor, but when he lost to yeah. Diaz, it's I lost, and that's how you know when they're like really in it for you know more competition. Than, mm-hmm, they want to test themselves. Yeah, I agree. I know, and a lot of those guys that actually go out compete, oh, kudos train to and come back. Who kudos to him. Conor McGregor or DC? D- DC. I mean, because he could have answered it anyway, he, but he, he was real. Yeah. And I, I like DC. I know I that too. there's a lot of people that don't. MMA fans are weird. Uh, there's a lot of you that I don't like. Let's just put it out there. Mm-hmm. Anyone listening to this, I love you. You're probably my favorite person. Mm. No, because those mm. people talk to us on Twitter, but they don't listen to our podcast. That's fine, but you know there's still some of those people that listen. You want to know what drives me nuts? Tell me about it, stud. Tell me about it, stud. Not Greece. I love that. Unless it's an MMA and then it's not allowed. <laughs> GSP. <laughs> yeah, come on, GSP. Ugh. So, talking about uh, Jake Shields last time on the podcast. Right. We were wondering what the hell happened. We were wondering where he was, and he was very dominant before he disappeared. He will now be fighting John Fitch. I mean, this is a UFC matchup. Jake Shields, John Fitch in the UFC. Um, but obviously, this is WSOF. Ray Seffo, great job for getting this done. Um, this so is I, your nightmare fight. Well, I don't think so because I think they're wrestling. I think they're wrestling in their BJJ offsets, and I think Jake Shields is much better. You think but, they're going to try to stand? But even the thing is, you think they're going to? They're stand? such great BJJ guys that that's going to be an awesome fight. It's not. It's not one guy completely dominating the other. I mean, it, what happens it, if John Fitch gets Jake Shields back? What do you think is going to happen? Jake Shields is going to roll out of it, and they're going to roll into a different no. position. He's not going to give up his neck. He's just still going to backpack Amer- him. American jiu-jitsu, man. He's still going to backpack him. That's what John... Yeah, John Fitch tries that. I, I don't think he can do it against Jake Shields. I However, you just put me in the same category with this guy I was about to talk shit on. Yep. He, he said it was going to be a hump fest. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not gonna also retract that either. I stand by it. Go ahead. First off, the thing that irritates me is <laughs> people calling it a hump fest. It's like, all right, come on, guys. Like class it up a little bit and secondly to me that's an exciting fight because either it's a great show of bjj of mm-hmm. jujitsu mm-hmm. or they counter each other and they have to strike there's no Jake, way Jake they Shields counter each other strike. and strike they both go to the ground on this oh man but that's exciting i'm excited for it but yeah if i would have asked you about that fight a week ago you would have not told no, me you were excited 100 not true oh my god I don't like to watch Damian Maya against guys that don't know their jujitsu because he rides him like a backpack. John Fitch used to do it as well. And that's I'm not my favorite. However, watching Damian Maya fight someone that also knows jujitsu or fighting or watching two guys that know jujitsu at basically the same level fighting jujitsu, that's exciting. I could watch the Eddie Bravo invitational and watch those guys and watch them roll around. However, even if I was watching the Eddie Bravo invitational and some guy was being a backpack, I would be annoyed. Mm. I wish I would have asked you about this fight. Patrick Cote. I wish I would have asked you about this fight a couple weeks ago. Against Chris Camozzi. I wish I would have asked you about it. Patrick Cote against Chris Camozzi. Patrick Cote rode him like a backpack, but ended up submitting him very quickly. And I thought that was an interesting fight. He had a body triangle. He was attacking from on top. He wasn't just riding him like a backpack. He was actually trying to advance position and, and free his neck. That was it. That was not exciting, but it was at least worth watching. I watched that uh, that video that you mentioned, by the way, of Maya the other week about with the red circles and everything. Yeah. I've been trying to also look more on the tough shows to see the really shitty fighters. There's Weems. He's the po- the poor guy. He's the brunt of every joke. His name's Weems, and you can tell he kicks like I do. Um, 
I don't know how he got on the show. I don't. He apparently had like forty fights, something crazy like that. I have no idea how he got on the show. Um, Gray Maynard ran through that guy, <laughs> and so you can just hear Nate Diaz in the back telling Weems what to do, and it's just so weird to me. Like it looks so simple on the ground, they make it look so interesting, but there's so much that's going into it. Um, even looking at Paige Van Zandt, like the most basic thing when she got Beck Rollins and she just runs up to her and before she starts throwing punches, she throws her knee to like, not her knee to her midsection, but over it. You know, it's, it's just like, she's always in position to transition to either like a full mount or to start like attacking for like a submission. Um, it's, it's the ground game. It gets more and more interesting. The more you watch, I feel like, and I'm not saying you're not into that. I've, again, I do feel like if I would have promoted, if I would have suggested that fight to you a couple weeks ago, I would have got a different reaction for it, but no, no, I'm not a big fan of Jake Shields and I'm not a big fan of John Fitch, but those two fighting against each other. I'm a big fan of fair enough. Cause that's exactly what I would have said is you don't like either of them. Yeah. And it, it'd be like, you could even throw Maya in for a three-way fight, and I don't think you'd be interested in it. But. <laughs> Depends on what kind of three-way you're talking about. You just got you just got done get or just got done make getting mad at people for talking about Humpfest. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a north-south-north. Uh, that, that's that's different. Mine's joking, not trying to belittle someone who has much more talent than I do in jujitsu. So let's talk two or three. You want to do two or three, or you want to talk? What do you think about Alvarez McGregor? We talked about this before. I don't want it, but I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bitch about it it's, if they give it to me. It's still gonna be exciting. It sounds like it's coming to fruition. This is one of those cards once again that, top to bottom, I know most of the people. Uh, you may not know this, but I want to get your opin- your opinion on this. I actually don't know the, the, the main one. Let's start with CB Dalloway, Drew Dober. I'm, I'm familiar with, but let's not. But uh. C.B. Dalloway will be fighting at 205. Are you familiar with C.B. Dalloway? Mm-hmm. Fights with Ryan Bader. He looks like a bulldog. Yeah. I was going to be a lot ruder, but bulldog. We'll leave it bulldog. What do you think? I'm <sighs> fighting at 205. I mean, we're just going to keep seeing more guys go up. I guess that's true. Especially I, the wrestlers that are used to cutting a lot of weight. I just, I just think we're going to see that more and more. And, I mean, it's actually honestly probably good. We can probably start getting a lot more people. You know, we can get the new bloods in the other division and see if maybe we can reinvent some careers. Most people are obviously going to fall off. But I think we will. Obviously, we saw it with Cerrone. We're going to see some stuff like that. Well, he, immediately, he wants to go back down to 155 and fight Alvarez, who he's already beat. C.B. Dalloway wants to go to one two hundred five to one fifty five. No, oh no, you're talking Cerrone. 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 I was like, wait a minute. No, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know why I went that way. Um, Speaking of funny things, have you seen the MMA math? You gotta. I, I'll, I'll send you some. It it's your your criteria. This guy beat this guy who beat this guy who beat this guy, and so they could win it. So uh-huh. they have Conor McGregor over Brock Lesnar. They probably stole it from me. I'm way funnier than them. Well, what it was is Nate Diaz, and it goes back to like Jeremy Horn. And then Jeremy Horn beat Chuck Liddell, and Chuck Liddell beat someone who was a heavyweight. And the person, oh, Alistair Overham, and Alistair Overham beat Brock Lesnar. So it goes all the way down to Conor McGregor being able to beat Brock Lesnar. Mine's way better. Yeah. I did it off the cuff. You did it. You did do it off the cuff. More than once. So it's Maybe this ma- MMA math came from you. Maybe someone saying, just stole your idea. One of those douches that's listening yeah. to us. Yeah, there was one, <laughs> one of them. One of the two. Um, no, I think, I mean, it's fine. Um, so Ian McCall's back. Uncle Creepy. Uncle Creepy's back against Ray Borg, who lost to Scroggins. Scroggins was supposed to fight McCall on the last card, but didn't make weight, and then said, I come to fight no matter what. Just apparently not at the weight that I've been <laughs> contracted to fight at. I will not. He's in Mike Perry territory for me now, Scroggins. You see the UFC's um, comment on the I didn't. the Perry thing? What'd they say? They just, they. I think they handled it the best way that they could. They didn't fire him or anything like that, because he's a fighter, and I can't remember his name. But essentially it was, we will be monitoring the situation. Any, any more comments like that will result in um, either suspension or termination. Um, but they, they did a good job of trying to distance themselves from that. Well, because everyone, I mean, even your job gives you at least like between two and three strikes before they fire you. So mm-hmm. I understand. Like, yeah, I mean, and think about all those dudes that have said faggot mm-hmm. and they haven't been fired right off the bat. I mean, the only guys that were fired right off the bat were guys that were using steroids, and then most of them have been brought back. Mm-hmm. Josh Barnett. <laughs> and everybody. 
Oh, speaking, and we won't go back to that. I don't know what they're going to do with the heavyweight division, especially Arlovsky and Barnett. Doesn't they should both just retire? Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, Madero. Oh, you got laughed last week and the week before. I'm not giving you any more. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, Yancy Madero, Sean Spencer. That's going to be an exciting one. Tell me about it. I think it's going to be the uh, so Yancy Madero's last fight was actually really good. He lost by a decision. But it was actually he went out to actually fight, and Sean Spencer always comes out to fight as well. Um, so I'm excited. Nick Lentz, and I come out to watch. Nick Lentz is on this card. No, not, I don't. Not even fighting BJ Penn, so no one cares that he's on the card. I don't care about anybody on the card except for one person. Who's that? You already know. Brad Tavares, Phil Brooks. Oh, feed me CM Punk. I actually I listened to a 30 minute interview with CM Punk. He's I like a likable dude. I want him to win now. That's what everyone says. I want as him soon to win. as you listen to him or the uh, evolution of punk, that Yeah, I'm show. not going to watch that. That's too long. I've, but been, I've been watching it. How is it? Uh, I like it. It's interesting. It's it's weird to see somebody with a gigantic fan base outside of MMA that I don't understand. So like he, he has a comic book or he's a, goes I to I saw sign. that. He writes and stuff. Yeah. That's interesting. He goes to signings and different things like that for his wrestling stuff. And he's a... He's a um, straight edger. So this this is what I find interesting about this fight, and it's probably not gonna it's not gonna look as pretty when it's on LED. But what I think I it actually goes back to I think what again all of us got into MMA for it's the great experiment. Yeah. So we tried a lot of different things. What works against what? What works against what? Can we take a guy and teach him some techniques, and maybe maybe he can come and pull an upset out. Like, it's just another experiment. Like, UFC started as an experiment, mm-hmm. unlike any other sport. Football was something you played for fun. Basketball was something you played for fun. It was a game. UFC was an experiment. What happens when we put these guys in the ring together? And we're kind of going back to that with CM Punk. Again, I don't think it's going to look as good on, on the screen, but I got listening to him, it did kind of get me excited, just for this in general. Um but I think Mickey Gall still walks away with it, obviously. Let's look at a, every American sports movie that ever got really big. The Blind Side, you know, Underdog Story. But the one that I'm really thinking of is, what is it, Invincible? Rudy. Where Rudy. Where you get, um, what's the one with Mark Wahlberg where he plays for the Eagles? He plays the guy where they have, they're, they're so oh, terrible, the they do the open workout. No, he ends up being the running back. Oh, I don't know. Invincible or... Something like that. Invicta. No, I'm just Invicta. kidding. Matt Damon. Invicta. Matt Damon. But anyway, people like these stories of, hey, this guy walked off of the, in off of the streets and ended up being really good at something for a, a short amount of time because it gives them that idea of like, hey, that could be me. Or hey. Exactly. And that's what I, that's what I noticed it brought me back to. And I know that this is stupid, but it's like I want to go back into MMA and I eventually do want to try a fight. Like to see where it goes. And it's like, at the end of the day, is that going to happen? I don't know. But somebody like CM Punk that's 36, he's eight years older than me, Mm -hmm. and he's trying it now. Why can't I try to do something at this point? My favorite was in uh, Forrest Griffin's book. He basically says, if you're between 25 and 28 and haven't been into an MMA gym, you're too old. (laughs) Don't get into MMA. That's to you, Punk. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I'm I'm super interested. The more you listen to him, the more likable he is. You can kind of understand why he became such a likable person in the WWE, even though he was a heel and then he was a good guy and then he was a heel or whatever it was. I'm not absolutely sure. But the fact is, is if you can just listen to him talk for a little bit and he can convince you that he's a likable person, it mm-hmm. it makes sense. And the hard part is, is he's he's 100% honest. And I think it makes it that much easier to to relate and to like him because he's not pretending. He's like, I could go in there and I could get beat, but at least I, I did it. At least I went in there and I did this. And he actually said something pretty poignant that, I mean, we always think about as people, but I mean, and we always are going to, the next day we're going to, we're going to, you know, change our life. Um, and we're going to try something that we have. And he actually said the only regret that he really had was that he didn't pick it up when they offered it to him a few years ago. Um, and then, so he, uh, but he said, I'm not going to be the guy that regrets something that, not doing something that I wanted to do. I mean, how many times do we all think about that, you know? Well, the thing that really irritates me is you get someone like The Rock, or you get someone like Dave Batista, who are both wrestlers, and they said, hey, if MMA would have been bigger when I was younger, I would have done it. And everyone's like, oh man, could you imagine seeing them in MMA? And could you, oh, that would have been so cool. And now you actually get to see someone it was well, the different. They're really wrestlers, though. 
That's true. And Both the of Rock them actually a, came from wrestling. Backgrounds. The Rock is more like Lesnar, where he was also a, like in, he was a football star too. I don't know if Bautista was, in all honesty, but I, I think Bautista he may, yeah. But nonetheless, it's weird to me that like you look at these guys that are already famous and or movie stars who move past wrestling because now they're not wrestlers anymore. Now they're famous movie stars or whatever they are, and all of a sudden it's you know no one remembers Bob La- Bobby Lashley. And how he went from wrestling over to MMA. And, I mean, everyone's like, oh, CM Punk's the first one that's going to do it. <laughs> and they actually had a, a crying John Jones meme about... Crying John <laughs> Jones, not, not not Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to change it. But basically, it represented Bobby Lashley when everyone was saying that CM Punk was the first one to, to transition over. But did you know he almost didn't get his license through the Ohio... Oh, commission. Mm-hmm. So let me break this down to you because this came to light for me the last two days. Apparently in Ohio, in order to be sanctioned to fight, you have to have at least five amateur fights, which is actually somewhat high for some places. I mean, some of the, um, who are they saying? Chris Weidman never had an amateur fight. He went directly into pro MMA. Um, Jordan, my cousin who used to fight on the local ones, as long as you get paid, technically they're considered pro fights. So him fighting in the, the back basement of the hotel and getting paid a hundred bucks, that's technically a pro fight. Um, so nonetheless, Ohio Commission and the way that they got it passed was they basically went to Brock Lesnar or not to Brock Lesnar, but they 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 showed Brock Lesnar and how well he did and him coming from a wrestling background. And then I think they pitched that that uh, he knew Sambo or some other type of of fight style or something like that. And that's how they pitched it and got it passed. So the essentially, commission. they took advantage of how dumb those guys are. Well, they probably paid him a couple hundred thousand dollars as well. You think that much? Pro- yeah. You think? Yeah, it's Ohio. They're probably like, a couple hundred thousand. Because in California, New York, you pay millions. I would thought it would be less. That seems like I don't know what you're saying. Um, to get someone to fight? No, because if he goes off the car, could you imagine what a disaster that would be? Everyone would say it's because he didn't want to fight or because the UFC knew he was going to lose or because of this or Honestly, that. Honestly, I think they're kind of over the headache. I don't know if they would really care that much at this point, other than it's so close. But, no, I didn't I didn't know any of this. So does that even include – so the amateur fights – so if you've had five professional fights, they still don't count that? I don't know what the exact story is, but I know that in order to be sanctioned to fight in Ohio, you have to show at least a, a, f- a five-fight amateur record. Hmm. Yes. So they – they had to pull some strings in order to get him sanctioned. Can you imagine, like, they they like, why did we have to pick Ohio? If that was more than, like, if it was... Why didn't we go to Brazil? If that was more of a rule that was everywhere. And so they could even make a movie out of it of him actually having to go and do five fights before leading up to it. Or if what they would actually do in real life is just having him go in and paying somebody to just lay down and submit him. Can you imagine if they actually did that, though? And it was just understood that that's what's happening. Just well, did like a big screw you to Ohio. On the evolution of Punk, they show him lose in like a gym by gym fight with some other dude. I mean, I think he's a couple months in is all. Like it's the first episode when before he hurts his shoulder the first time, which is like end of 2014. He actually he actually spars like spar fights with somebody and loses, and they actually show it, which is pretty cool. Um, Uriah Faber, Jimmy Rivera, what do you think? A lot of people are picking Rivera on this one. He's 19-1. and one. Is there a belt on the line? <laughs> no. Faber. That's exactly right, and I kind of agree with that. Um, so, and, I mean, he's he beat Marcus Bermage, he beat Pedro Munoz, and he beat Yuri Alcantara. So I, I don't think he's at the level of Uriah Faber yet, but if he beats him, that throws him right up into the echelon of uh, title contention. This is at 135. CM Punk, we've got Verdun, Travis Brown. We already saw this once. You think it goes the same way with Verdum winning? Yep. And last but not least, Stipe Miocic versus Post-Usada Alistair Overeem. I'm going to be cheering for Miocic hard. He seems like a likable dude. But I'm going to probably, I think that Alistair Overeem, I, he, I feel like it's just almost destiny at this point. I don't really believe this kind of shit. But He'll have held like every major belt. But K1, I just, strike force. Something in me just, it feels like Overeem. It feels like Overeem. But anytime Overeem gets overconfident, he gets. I don't think he's going to get overconfident. I don't think he's going to get overconfident. I mean, he's going for a belt. Silva knocked him out. I know, but I think I think he knows. I mean, this is you, for a you belt. You think he so Brock Lesnar's him? What do you mean? 
Like kicks him in the where he just comes out and crushes him. No, no. I respect Stipe a lot, and I and in my head, I'm just I w- I want Stipe to win. I think he's got the tools to beat him, but something just tells me this. Like if I was gonna bet, I would bet on Overeem. I don't know how the betting lines are, and I'm not gonna actually do it. But if like I had to bet, it would be Overeem. That's just the feeling that I have. What would you do if Overeem beat him and then tested positive? Be very mad. Because then that means that the UFC probably knew. That Over- means that USADA probably knew, and they let it happen, and that's another person they're putting in yeah. danger, like when they put people in the way of Vitor on just so many steroids. Overham's lo- uh, won four in a row, but, mm-hmm. I mean, he lost to Antonio Silva and Travis Brown, and then Ben Rothwell after beating Frank Mia. Like, his biggest win as of late is Junior Dos Santos, and that's a gigantic win. He is, he is the epitome of that division. You can lose to anybody. Yeah. You can lose to anybody. But that was also he came in after Strike Force and had to get clean at least a little bit clean after Strike Force, and so he came in way overconfident. Travis Brown caught him with a front kick, and then transferred gyms and has not looked the same. But I mean, he he actually came out and beat Junior Dos Santos. Um, I don't think Junior Dos Santos it was at his heyday that he was four years ago when he was going up against Cain Velasquez every other mm-hmm. year. Um, but Junior Dos Santos is still top of that division. And so after beating him, I think you deserve either a shot at Cain Velasquez or even a title belt. And at that time, Verdum had just lost. Cain wasn't going to come back in because he was fighting Travis Brown. Like, it makes sense. Um, I think Who do you have, Justin? <laughs> Let's I just re- put it on the table. I really don't care. This is one of the first fights that I just don't care about. I, I just want to go out there and whoever wins wins. Um, I thought now, you didn't like Overeem enough to make that happen. I didn't. I guess I don't know I have that. A, I just I have feel, a, felt. I like. have a love hate relationship with Overeem because I love him as a fighter, and when he wins dominantly, it's like wow, man, he's one of the best that there has ever existed. I also don't like him because when they call him Overeem and then they show him, and you can just tell, man, he's just let me full let me ask you of horse steroids. Let me ask you a question. Kind of related, kind of not. All I right. want to know your top five all-time heavyweights in in our order. Tim Sylvia. Tim Sylvia, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. Why are you laughing? Uh, Bob Sapp. Bob Sapp. Uh, Kimo. And where does Kimbo fit? Oh, man. Right after Data. <laughs> top five. That's too hard because if I were to go way back. I guess more day, of what I should have just asked. Overeem. Velasquez is my number one heavyweight of all time. This is what I guess I should have just asked you straight up. Straight up, now tell me. And this is what I really want to get down to. Oh, oh, is do oh. you put Emilianenko over Overeem or vice versa? I didn't watch enough Pride to be a freaking Fedor nut hugger. Okay. There it is. I don't believe in their heydays, if you take the current MMA fighter versus the Pride MMA fighter and take them off of steroids, the current MMA fighter crushes the past Pride fighter. I think that Ormelianko, at his prime against the, the UFC heavyweights that we have right now, is mid to high tier. He may have held the belt at one time, but I don't think he's as dominant as he was in lower promotions fighting other people. I think I put Velasquez, at this point, Verdum. Um, Verdum armbarred him. Uh huh. He's the first one to do it in a long time. I'd probably say Overeem. Um, Overeem is by far one of the best heavyweights of all time. Probably Couture. Couture just because of what he did. I mean, he beat Tim Sylvia. He lost. I think Couture now. I think if Couture would have fought Brock Lesnar after he like lost, lost, I think he could have beat him. Mm-hmm. I think it was all mental, just like the the Ronda Rousey effect, where a lot of those people going into that just. Saw that as an unstoppable person like Anderson Silva, and then once they were beat, it didn't matter anymore. That person mm-hmm. had been beat, and that stigma was gone. And I think if I think if Couture would have fought Lesnar after Cain Velasquez, and of course when he was a little bit younger, I think he could have beat him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think most of the times he probably would have. Mm-hmm. Wrestling's hard though for that. Because Brock, like, if he gets on top, different he's types on of top. wrestling too. I mean, right. Greco Roman compared to freestyle. well, I mean, MMA wrestling. I think Re- Lesnar, if he gets on top of even Randy Couture, Randy could get out of it. Obviously, he's just so small. But yeah, and I think Lesnar on top. He and he's if 
it's one thing trying to get him off you. It's another thing while he's throwing those stupid frying pans at your head. Mm-hmm. Big dumb frying And, pans. I mean, that's really what he did. As soon as he started beating on him, mm-hmm. they were just kind of done, and then that was it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Frank Mir, man, looked like a freaking minotaur after. Oh, dude, he might actually be in my top five, too. He's done it for so long, and, like, yeah. he's I mean, held if he, if he would have gotten a motorcycle think... crash, there's a lot of different things that go behind that. Right? Did you know, uh, who was it? Bass Rutten. Fought heavyweight for a little bit, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I mean it's a whole early day. days. They all kind of had like a yeah, foray. Well, there was there. only two. There was light heavyweight and heavyweight, right? So I mean that's why BJ Penn was fighting heavyweight and Leona Machida and so on and so forth. Like that's all they really had. So uh, we've reached our hour mark. Anything else you want to say? I really like you. Sorry yeah. that this took so late to get in. Hey, it's all right. Um, I'm glad that well, I usually don't get it in until late, so it's fine. I appreciate you setting up the equipment. We can hear each other now to make sure it sounds great for everybody. Headphones and stuff. The hard part is is it doesn't sound like it does. I mean, it does sound like it does on the headphones, but doesn't necessarily. It used to not even matter, so I appreciate it. Yeah, I like it. And then to everybody else, we we appreciate y'all listening. Yeah, make sure you uh, subscribe and follow us on Twitter and and have conversations with us because we like y'all. And then unsubscribe and subscribe again because, no, that doesn't matter at all. That doesn't matter. uh, Subscribe on as many different programs as you can. And create accounts and do it. Yeah. And Just call kidding. your local syndicated radio and tell them to put us We always are for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, guys. we have no way of actually, like, having – I don't know if it's, like, an LLC or anything of actually starting to get that going. I don't think so. My goodness, we'll do it. Now we appreciate it, everybody. Thanks so much. Bye.